0: Hello, welcome back to the Life and Nurse Podcast. Hope you all are doing all right. As always, we're going to discuss a few things that have happened in the last week in the world of watches. What's really exciting about this week is it seems like all the auction houses are sort of announcing the watches that they are going to be selling in Geneva, which is always an exciting time and a fun period for us to see what's kind of going to come up on the auction block this next season obviously there are also some new watch releases that came out so i'm going to talk about a couple of things um over the next uh next uh you know 10 to 20 minutes here so one of the things that showed up on instagram and i'm sure that you saw this piece was the Montblanc and Collective Horology uh collaboration for the 1858 Minerva mono pusher chronograph P05 blue arrow so Collective Horology is a California-based watch club founded in 2018 by Asher Rapkin and Gabe Riley, And they've done a lot of collaborations um, uh, with with brands to come out with specific watches. And this time they're coming out with their eighth limited edition with Montblanc, which is named the Blue Arrow. The way that this watch sort of came about was actually from a vintage Minerva stopwatch known as the Yacht Timer, which was sold by um, Eric Wind who I'm sure you are familiar with. Collective Watch, Collective Horology was sort of inspired by this um, this piece and, ba- and basically um, came out with um, this new watch, which was based on the Montblanc 1858 Minerva Mono-Pusher Chronograph Red Arrow, which was limited to 88 pieces. That was launched in 2022. The stainless, this is a stainless steel cased watch with white gold fluted bezels. Um, that's the same as the original from twenty twenty two, but this time has this new dial color um, that is obviously um, sort of this uh, this uh, this blue um, this blue uh, that's uh, that's sort of put into the um, telemeter scale that you see on the on the dial of the watch. What's really exciting about this piece is it it really does bring to life the pocket watch that eric Wynn did offer and i think minerva is obviously for vintage lovers um really um really well respected and and desired by many vintage watch uh, collectors and so uh, it's it's a cool watch i think it's a great collaboration between minerva and montblanc the movement really does look quite beautiful if you haven't seen pictures i would uh, highly recommend that you take a look at it I think this watch is obviously catering to those vintage watch enthusiasts who are looking for a modern piece, and this is a wonderful uh, piece to pick up, um, however, um, it's uh, only going to be made in 30 examples, so if they haven't already been sold out, I um, I recommend, <laughs> I recommend uh, seeing if you can get one, but I, I highly doubt that there will be any available, but it's a nice sort of um, nod to that pocket watch. I'm shifting gears a little bit here and i wanted to talk about um, the horological society of new york they had their october event where they actually had willem schmidt who is the ceo of alanga and Zona, talk about alanga and Zona, and the um symposium was titled its very own way of uh, watchmaking Willem schmidt if you don't know is the ceo of Alang and Zona, and during his talk he gave a really great overview of the brand, uh, its history, how important it is to that, the area of um, Germany and Glashütte, um, and, and he goes through actually all of the lines that they have um, released and also talks about Zuner from a business perspective during his talk. Um, if you are a member of the Horological Society of New York but weren't, were not able to go to the actual talk, I highly recommend you check out his lecture Um, and if you aren't part of the Horological Society of New York, go to their YouTube channel because the, um, the talk will be uploaded there, uh, shortly. Uh, shortly, I think it's uh, three months afterwards. Um, but you can, I would highly recommend watching it because it gives a great overview of a brand that, um, really deserves it. I think if you went back maybe, you know, five to seven years, I think and Zeno was really getting a lot of, um, mainstream watch media coverage i think they still are but not to the extent that maybe they were because there are other things that are being spoken about um what i love about alaga and zuna is no matter the piece that you're getting you know that the quality is at the highest level um, you know if you if you compare one of their most expensive pieces with one of their most inexpensive pieces you're still going to find the same type of uh, finishing, which is uh, finishing construction, all of it, which I think is, um, it makes our luggages and a stand out compared to um, to other brands. So check out the talk. I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, for you to uh, to see it. Another release that actually came out um, just a couple of days before, uh, or maybe a day before um, this podcast is gonna be released, was the Louis Vuitton. Collaboration with Recep for the LVRR 0 run Conagraph et A Sonnerie. This is the first collaboration that Louis Vuitton and uh, Acrivia are doing together, and um, they've built something quite spectacular. So, the watch has two dials one on each side of the watch. The front side has a tinted sapphire dial um, which is signed to Crivia and allows you to actually see um, a really great image of um, the watch parts. It also obviously has your, your time uh, display on that side. If you flip the watch over, um, what you'll End up seeing is a, um, chrono- a double-faced. Uh, it's a double-faced chronograph with chiming complication, and runs on a new turbul movement that was developed from scratch by Richard Recheppi, Um and was put into the Louis Vuitton Tambour case. It's got um, six gold cubes on one of the side. It's got a really beautiful enamel dial on the other side in Kanfu. Grand Fille enamel dial that has um, obviously speaks to sort of the tradition of Louis Vuitton some of the pieces that they've made this watch is um, you know it it is a collaboration between two very very important brands Acrivia is really getting um, a lot of great um, well deserved press which is really exciting Um, and It kind of shows the different, you know, you have sort of this modern side, but you also have a traditional side, both in the way that the watch is constructed and also the design cues that the two faces really, um, really uh, common. It comes in this really cool Louis Vuitton uh, printed box, which I thought was quite cool. The pictures are really interesting. Um, There's only going to be 10 of them available. They're probably already all sold. Um, but it was a cool co- collaboration. Um, some people will obviously question it, maybe not to everyone's taste, but I think it's a really uh, phenomenal display of watchmaking between um, this a giant of Louis Vuitton and Richep Um, you know, one of the best independent watchmakers. There was also some pretty awesome news. Um, I think talking watches is probably a staple of the watch community. Um No matter who you are, I think if you're into watches, you've probably watched at least one episode of Talking Watches. And Hodinkee announced that they're going to be publishing the 80th episode of Talking Watches um, this next week. I believe it's going to be released actually the day, uh, um, I guess two days after this podcast is released. And there is a surprise uh, guest that is going to be there. It's so much of a surprise that they're actually having a live sh- uh, viewing of the episode, which is quite exciting. Um, there will be a cocktail hour and a screening of it, um, which is quite cool. I think they got a lot of interest in it, um, and it's kind of exciting that they're building it up like this. I Obviously, everyone is wondering what uh get, who the guest is going to be. If I'm honest, I think the guest is going to be Eric Clapton. That's just my... You know, to build such a big event, um, to build such a big event around this, there's no way that they're not bringing on someone like that. So, I, um, yeah, that that's my guess. Eric Clapton. (laughs) Um, Another thing in the news was uh, Longines um, released um, their Spirit Flyback Chronograph in titanium. Um, they, previously, this watch was not made in titanium. They are now making it in titanium. I do think that Longines is a, br- a brand that I speak about um frequently, and um from a vintage perspective, I think they deserve as much credit as one can give them. In the modern world, they are um, doing very good things with a lot of the watches that they are releasing, but they are catering to a lot more people with with their um, with their brand, and so. Um, there are levels i think to long jeans is what i'm sort of trying to uh, describe the um <clears throat> this flyback chronograph i think was one of the coolest pieces that they had it is on the larger side at 42 millimeters but i do think that a flyback chronograph from a brand like this is quite interesting uh, an interesting release especially considering um the uh, price point that you can get this really cool um chronograph for it is an eta based movement uh, they have, but it is a column wheel uh, chronograph uh, movement that has a flyback uh, functionality. And all of that for, um, you know, around $5,000 U.S. is an attractive price point. And to do it in titanium, I think, is also sort of doubling down on the idea that this is a staple for launchings And um, I like it. I look at it very much. Um, titanium is a great metal to, to do this in and uh, adds to the sort of sporty element. The last thing I wanted to touch on was just a little bit of auction news. I know I've spoken a lot about the auction, um, auction houses in, in these podcasts. I know yesterday, the last week I spoke about them um, quite heavily, um, but I wanted to speak about um, two watches that were announced um, to be sold at Sotheby's, which were was basically two pieces, one made by George Daniels, one made by Roger Smith. Um, they are two watches that have been described as being sort of tied together by history and the friendship between the two individuals it's the last George Daniels millennium watch and the very first coaxial anniversary watch which has Daniels' name uh, made by his apprentice and um, disciple uh, Roger Smith which this is an interesting sort of uh, um, pairing. Uh it is it does mark sort of the end of one incredible watchmaker and the beginning of another incredible watchmaker. Um, both being sold at Sotheby's, which is obviously um incredibly um, incredibly important. Uh the Millennium Watch in white gold is expected to go for in excess of a million um, Swiss francs, and the Coaxial Anniversary in yellow gold is expected to go for in excess of 500,000 uh, Swiss francs. I'd say that there are going to be many collectors who are probably going to want to try and buy both of these watches. Um, as uh, a... As, uh, You know they do mark uh, a pretty important lineage between the two watchmakers and also uh british watchmaking so um there was you know obviously a record sale um at phillips um this year with the um, smith's pocket watch number two setting the record for a british watch at 4.9 million swiss uh us dollars so we'll see what these watches end up going for um I do think being in Geneva, it's a great stage for these incredible pieces and I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, did pretty well. Now I know that there are probably some people out there saying this story is just being made up about these two pieces being tied together, sure. But it is a story nonetheless and it is a story that I think is going to be important to collectors, um, especially those who collect British watches, uh, British making watches. And the like, so uh, exciting little bit of auction news there as well. So um, that we're gonna that just about does it. I'm gonna wrap up the podcast here. I wanted to give you a little bit of news. Uh, next week we will um, we'll talk a little bit about a couple new um, watches that we're gonna be getting in. Pretty exciting to get into those pieces with you guys. Um, we'll also have a video, obviously, uh, where we'll talk about those pieces um, briefly on our YouTube channel, um, just to give you a little bit of a taster of the watches that are going to be reviewed um, in the coming weeks. Um, there is some pretty cool diversity in this uh, collection, both in era, both in design, um, which I think is uh, quite exciting. So I'm looking forward to to, um, to those videos um, to come out and doing some research on these pieces that have really incredible stories, um, and that is um, what's really exciting anyway um i think that just about does it for this episode of uh, the life of the Risk podcast be sure to follow this podcast and if you are feeling generous someone might rating it it really does help this podcast get ranked nicely on the podcast platforms that you are listening to this uh, podcast on check out all the links in the show notes if you want to see the um the some of the articles about the things that we spoke about in this podcast and you can also check out all of our uh, sites um uh, there will all be in the show notes. With us said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I will catch you in the next one.